0: The average American woman is a size 14, 16. I'm a size 14, so I'm pretty average. But I will say that ever since having kids and I became a pretty solid size 14, thank you for all of the changes that happened in my body, children. I love you. But after becoming a size 14, I have noticed how much the fashion industry does not cater to average women like me and women who are above a size 14. One of my biggest challenges as a ethical fashion advocate has been to find clothing that is ethically made and size inclusive. And I get it. Ethical fashion businesses a lot of times are small and they have to make smart business decisions and it's hard to cater to everyone. But let's be honest, there are a lot of women that are being cut out of being included in the ethical fashion industry because ethical fashion brands don't make clothing that fits them and fits them well last year after so many of you and so many of my community on instagram and on facebook asked me over and over again molly where can i find ethically made plus size clothing i went on a hunt and one of the amazing plus size fashion brands that i found happens to be my guest today Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Mary Alice Duff, the founder of Alice Alexander Clothing, a size inclusive, ethically made women's apparel startup based in Philadelphia with both an online and brick and mortar presence. We had the best conversation. Mary Alice is so funny. She's so real. And her story is absolutely incredible. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Mary Alice. Hey Mary Alice, welcome to the show. Hi Molly, glad to be here. I am so excited to have you on today. Um, I we I guess we connected. No, it's funny. Here's how I actually learned about you. So, um and and how I learned about Alice Alexander because you know, since I've been doing all this, you know, writing about ethical fashion and things like that, I have had countless readers reach out to me and say I can't find ethical plus size clothing. I can't find ethically made plus size dresses. I can't find, you know, insert ethical plus size blank. Whatever it Mm -hmm. is, like I've had so many people come to me and ask me about this. And so last, uh, was it last fall?
1: I don't even know. That would have been when we launched, yeah, last fall. Yeah, so
0: it was like shortly after you guys launched, um, I mm-hmm. discovered you guys. And so then I did like a whole blog post roundup of of brands that sell ethically made plus size clothing. And yours, I remember, was one of the first I came across and I just loved it. So I just love what you're doing. And I'm really excited to hear your story. But I just I thought I would just tell you that's kind of how I came
1: across <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, you, I remember you wrote the nicest thing. Um something to the effect of like they're they have a very small collection and it was our first one so we only had a couple pieces but something to the effect of you were so excited to see like how we grow and what co- what comes next and I was just like so flattered oh. reading that I was like oh my god oh. They make something? we're feeling all <laughs> of the feels feeling all the
0: feels I love it yeah okay. yeah it
1: was really 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 nice so oh. thank you for that yeah and absolutely. we still get we still get uh blog tra- I mean, we still get uh, web traffic from that blog post a year ago so oh, that makes me so happy I, good that was and, and I think that the <laughs> it, yeah, it really goes to show the lack of plus size and inclusive sizing in the ethical fashion world that, oh, you know, blog posts that are a year old are still getting us you know, people referred to our site. Oh, yeah, so. absolutely.
0: Cool. Because, you know, people will search like, eth- you know, plus size ethically made clothing. And, totally. Um, that was sort of the goal is to have it sort of be an evergreen resource for people. Um, right. Well, so with that being said, I want to hear the Mary Alice 101. So tell us your story <laughs> and how you got started and how um, you launched Alice Alexander.
1: Sure. So um, I guess I should start by saying I am not a fashion designer by training. I didn't go to uh, fashion school in college. Um, I was actually a social worker and I did that for 10 years. I have uh, a master's degree in social work and a second one in law and social policy. And so my expertise was always around domestic poverty. And I really became uh, kind of an expert in uh, domestic, mostly urban poverty uh, here in Philadelphia. Um, a lot of people don't know, but We're the second largest city in the United States, and we have, uh, I think, the second highest poverty rate of about 26, 27%. So we have a whole lot of Philadelphians uh, living in poverty. Um, And so I spent 10 years working in the nonprofit sector, and while doing that, I got married, had a baby, and I went from being about a size 12, 14. Um, I'm six foot tall, so I've always been, like, thick and strong. Went from being about a size 12, 14 to a size 16, 18. And then I never lost the baby weight. And I think a lot of women can identify with that. Mm, Girl, Um, mm, preach, preach. I went up four
0: (laughs) sizes after having my first, and now I've been through four pregnancies, only Mm -hmm. two two babies. But um, I, I mean- it's like my, my bones expanded because like yeah, I got back right. down to the weight I was, but right. I was still four sizes bigger. I was like, right. I don't understand this. Why is what's right. happening to my skeleton?
1: <laughs> no, but I mean like w- women's bodies just are so dynamic and they're just constantly changing with pregnancies and just like life. And, um, for me, my hips went up two inches. My, cu- my bust size went up four inches. I wow. went up three whole cup sizes so I had a completely different body after baby and uh, I wore maternity pants for a whole year after my daughter was mm, born because preach, I was preach. so adamant. I was so adamant about not being plus size, which is ridiculous, right? Yep. But I was like afraid to go into the plus size section of the store, which is, I, I can't believe that I was that person, but I think a lot of women can identify that because culturally we've been taught that like, that's a dirty word plus size. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not. So, um, I was so frustrated that I couldn't find clothes. I was also frustrated that, um, in my career I was doing really well. I was starting to make some money and I had the money to buy nice things, you know, things made out of wool, things made out of silk and these higher end materials. And I literally couldn't find them in a size 16, 18. Um, I was, I'm a solid 18 in the hips and I couldn't find a size 18, hundred percent wool skirt. That's ridiculous. (laughs) And simultaneously, you know, being a social worker, advocating every day for people living in poverty and fighting for social justice, and then researching how our clothes were made, it occurred to me that like, wait a minute, these things are really contradictory. Like I can't be an advocate for social justice and also buying clothes that number one don't fit and I don't really like because they don't make me feel very good, and number two are made in such a way that's exploiting people on the planet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started sewing my own clothes. Um, My grandmother had taught me to sew as a little girl and it had always been like a hobby just dabbling in sewing, but doing more like crafty stuff. Um, And so I thought, well, what if I just started sewing my own clothes? And so I started Googling, went down the Google rabbit hole, found a whole community of women all over the world who were sewing their own clothes and totally inspired me. So for a year, all I did was make my own stuff. I very rarely shopped um, and I got really, really intimate with my sewing machine and really just started to appreciate how hard it was to actually make something. And the more and more I researched about how our clothes are made today, um, it occurred to me, um, and I'm sure all of your listeners and all your blog readers know this, how grossly unethical mm-hmm. the fashion industry is um, when you think about how long it takes to make something as simple as a button-down blouse, and then how little we actually pay for it at retailers like H&M. Yep. And it just occurred to me, the only way this is happening is if people are being exploited. There's there's yeah. just no other way, right? Um, so all of my research into the ethical fashion industry, all of my research into the fashion industry as a whole, it was available to plus size women, started uh, getting the wheels turning that maybe there's a business here. Um, like I said, I didn't go to school for fashion design. I went to school for social work. Um, I was managing a, a large nonprofit, so I had that business background, but I really did not have – Uh, any background in the fashion industry. So I enrolled in a non-degree fashion program, uh, while working full time, learned everything I could about the industry, uh, got our finances in order. Um, my husband and I got on the same page, like, this is what we're doing. We're making a real business out of this and quit my day job and launched a company. So, (laughs) um, it was a real, it's really been an intense year. We launched in, uh, September, 2017. Um, It was pretty awful those first six months. It was just me with a sewing machine and an internet connection and some patterns and some wholesale wholesale fabrics. I was literally doing everything myself. Um, And then we launched an Indiegogo campaign in April of 2018. And from there, things have just completely taken off. We have our own uh, brick and mortar shop now. We have, of course, our online store. I have three employees in addition to me. Um, So yeah, it's finally starting to come together. That is incredible. (laughs)
0: <laughs> now, I know that you made pretty much everything in the beginning. When yeah. you were starting to grow, how did you begin to outsource?
1: Like, do you have a factory now? Do you... No, we are the factory. So wow. we are completely vertically integrated. So what that means is we design, pattern, cut, sew, and retail every single piece. So the only people who are doing the sewing are people on my payroll. Our Alice Alexander employees. Um, the only people are doing the patterning, the cutting, cutting everything. Um, we don't do wholesale either. So um, it really is this super streamlined process. And it means that I have complete oversight and the ability to monitor to make sure that, like, everything's being done ethically and fairly. Um, the only thing we don't do is make the fabric. That is a, a far-off uh, fantasy of mine that we actually have like a farm where we're growing the fibers <laughs> that we need for our fabrics. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, I did this. Why can't I do that? No, I think that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's awesome. But, yeah. That, that's like, I mean, a, we that's even dye some dream. of our fabrics. Uh, our organic cotton canvas is dyed here. Our wool is dyed. Some of our wools are dyed here. So we really try to uh, own as many pieces of the process as we possibly can.
0: That is incredible. Now, yeah. did you just sort of start i mean i know like i said i remember when i found you guys and i saw that you guys you know just really started sort of a small collection Mm -hmm. what was the motivation for those pieces like did you just want to start with some basics did you want to start with more trendy pieces like and then how did how have you sort of gauged you know especially in in the early days like how do you gauge what people are going to be what the demand is going to be for right
1: Yeah. So when we first launched, we were actually exclusively plus size. So when we first launched, we were sizes 12 through 28. And the pieces I um, released in my first collection, which was a total flop, like I sold basically nothing, you know, just like, (laughs) really, it was awful. Um, And so shout out to all the entrepreneurs out there, like, it gets better, don't give up, (laughs) keep hustling. Yeah. Um, But it was like a total flop. And I think it was a flop. Because the pieces that I put in that first collection, it was more about like standing out. And I, listen, I love color, don't get me wrong. And I love pattern and I love texture, but I'm also like a really busy working mom and my life like I'm running from a business meeting to the studio to pick up my kid from pre-K to go to the park and like I wasn't I didn't have that hat on when I was designing initially and because I think I was, like you said, it, it was leaning towards a little more trendy. So with the next collection, what I was trying to figure out was how do we make this, how do we make the clothes more approachable so that although they're still standout pieces, they're effortless and they can easily integrate into any woman's wardrobe. So our moto jacket from our second collection, it's a 100% linen cropped moto jacket. It's like a midweight linen. What's great about it is you can wear it solo, you can you can layer it on top of stuff. You can pretty much wear it all year round, um, even though it's linen, but because you, you can layer things underneath it. And it was our number one seller. And what I realized was it's, it's because you can throw it on and suddenly your outfit looks totally polished, uh, but it's unpretentious, you know, but it's still a standout piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had this really cool uh, bias binding on the inside for our pop of color. So it's still very much us. But again, it was so easy to wear and yet still like it just elevated your whole look. And so now we've kind of pivoted from one, we're size inclusive now. We don't just do plus sizes. We do zero through 28. And two, I try to be more intentional in designing about thinking about how would I wear this, knowing how you know, full and rich my life is with all the diversity and all the things that I do. So how are other women going to wear this? Um, it would be impractical if she could only wear this to one thing. Right. Right. Um, so it's just trying to put that, uh, you know, look through it through that lens, you know, when designing now. Um, and, but we still have like our fun stuff. So our number two bestseller over the summer was a crop top. It's this like, Um, It's a high neck in the front. In the back, it's got a deep V with a bow. Um, You can still wear a traditional bra underneath it, and you wear it with a pair of high-waisted pants like our joggers. And women just love that because it's, like, liberating to have this little strip of tummy showing. You know, you can throw a duster over it or a jacket if if that makes you more comfortable. But that was our number two seller right behind the moto jacket. So um, one super functional, super practical. The other a little more standout but still can integrate into your wardrobe, I think. Well, I think um, you know,
0: it's funny because when I saw like crop tops coming back, I was just like, oh Lord, oh Lord Jesus no. Oh Lord Jesus, no. Like come now, come now, Jesus. Like I can't I can't do the crop tops and the acid wash jeans. But I think like it's it's funny because um I think the initial round of crop tops I saw when they started to come back were like very '90s Forever 21, yes, like yes, they just—I yes. was like, Ugh. but then yeah. I started to see brands like you and um, Tribe Alive is another one that comes to mind that that created this great. And it's not even—I don't think it's even advertised as a crop top, but it's definitely cropped. and yeah. But it was just, it, you know, it had kind of these dolman sleeves and like yeah. a high neck, and it kind of cut down a little bit in the back. And I, at first I was a little wary of it, but then when I put on a pair of high-waisted denim and then put mm-hmm. that crop top on, I was like, yes. yes. And then it was funny because I put <laughs> that on and I walked down the stairs to go to church and my husband was like, mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, he like mm-hmm, you can wear that more often i was like oh yeah. you like this okay because he's like and i was like why like what is it about this that you like and he's like well i mean it's just you know when you have the crop top it comes at your to your waist and then i can see yeah. your hips and i was like okay yeah <laughs> i know sorry too much information y'all uh <laughs> no no <laughs> uh but no i yeah i think that that women no matter their size like they they still want to look and feel good in whatever they're wearing. Totally. And so, um, you know, because I, I, I struggle all the time with that, too. Like, I'm a solid 14 now, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, for years I was, like, I think in high school I was maybe an 8. I've always been on the bigger size, even though, like, I look at pictures of me and I was like, I was always so tiny, but I just <laughs> – it's those hips, man. It's those yeah. hips. Like, you can't change bone structure. <laughs> like Right. Um, and so – but now, like, after having kids and all these pregnancies, like I, I'm a solid 14, like doesn't matter how many days a week I work out. Like, yeah, these hips are not going back down. Um, Mm -hmm. and so it is really, I I struggle sometimes because I'll see really cute, trendy clothes or really, um, adorable jumpsuits or something like that. And i go to try it on and I can't get it over my hips. And I'm just like, like, it's the most defeating feeling because I'm yeah. like I'm like I, I want to wear this too. Like why right? isn't this made for me? Um so I always rejoice when I find brands that really do try to be size inclusive. And there's another this is um a, a separate but also related. Um one of the things I love about what I've seen from you so far is not only are you size inclusive, but I love the diversity in your models. Your models are amazing and they just I know, like, aren't they beautiful? They are beautiful. <laughs> they slay. But like, that's another thing is that you don't see as much is oh a diversity gosh. in the, the sizing of the models, the skin tones of the models, mm-hmm. the look of the models. Like I love to see brands that are, are, really using models that are representative of all sizes, all, all races, all ages. Like, I just think that's amazing. And so that's something that I, I noticed right away. And I mean, I'm a, you know, suburban white
1: girl, but I
0: was like, I was like, Oh man, I love how beautiful and diverse your models are because that is just, that is such a representative and welcome, um, thing for, for all women.
1: Yeah, and I'm so glad you noticed that. I mean, um, I am also a white woman. I live in a city, but um, I, I'm frankly grossed out by the lack of inclusion and diversity, particularly in ethical fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, It has a very homogenous look and feel, and I don't feel welcome being on the plus side. And I know that women of color don't feel welcome because they don't see women who look like them in the advertising. So it is extremely intentional when I have a casting um, for uh, our shoots. I am looking for diversity in age, size, race, um, everything. Yeah. And it, it is a ton more work. And like keeping in mind, it's me who's doing this. It's not, I don't have a marketing team. I don't have people who manage our photo shoots. I don't have a stylist, none of that. Like I have three employees who do the designing, the patterning, the cutting and sewing, but everything else, it's just me kind of, you know, figuring it out. So I spend weeks setting up for a shoot to make sure that it is inclusive because I want to attract customers who care about that. Yes. Um, Because for me, this is my form of activism. Fashion for me is activism because Gosh. I was, you know, involved in social justice. And the only way for me to do this in a way that fulfills all of my needs, it has to be a form of activism. And in that it's about being inclusive. It's about being intentional about our marketing. It's about taking responsibility and ownership for how our marketing makes women feel. Um, and the way you felt when you tried on that pair of pants and you couldn't, couldn't get them over your hips. Like there was something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's not, and I know women feel like that all the time. I know I used to feel like that. It's not us. We are actually the average size 16, 18 is the average American woman. Um, so the fact that we can't find clothes that fit our bodies, um, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So for me, this really is activism. Being inclusive is about activism. Um, and I think the industry as a whole just has to do better. But I'm happy to do my little part in my corner of the universe. <laughs> and hopefully other brands will catch on that this is the only way forward. Yeah, um, being inclusive. Yeah. Girl, yes.
0: Preach. I love it. That is, yes. Amen to all of that, because that is exactly how I have felt for so long. And um, and even I remember being in high school and being, you know, I mean, I was 130, 140 pounds in high school, mm-hmm. like average athletic individual, but I was still a size 10. Like, and so, and I remember like sometimes feeling so defeated and like, even as a, you know, a 15 year old, like I noticed those things and I carried that into adulthood, but I, you know, and I've talked about this before a lot on my blog and even now, um, you know, I'm the, the largest I've ever been. Well, I mean, not mm-hmm. the largest, let's be honest. Like i gained like a billion pounds when I was pregnant with Lily. Um, <laughs> oh, man, like I even look back at pictures of me and I was, I was like, whoo! Like, like, cause I gained like, I gained like 80 pounds when I was pregnant with her. Um, and I, everybody's like, did you have like gestational diabetes? I'm like, Nope, Nope. I just gained <laughs> nope. a lot of weight. I,
1: that just happens. Yeah. I involved. exercised.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I ate a lot of cupcakes. I'm not going to lie. Like my Love third cupcakes, my third trimester, I was like, I need all of the cupcakes. Um, <laughs> and I mean, y'all, it was like the middle of August and I took her to 42 weeks. OK, so yeah. Yeah. I No, I hear you. I deserved those cupcakes. You okay? sure did. Yeah. I worked for those cupcakes anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so when I lost the weight after her, you know, I but again, like my bone structure had changed, my ribs expanded, my like mm-hmm. uh, my chest expanded, my hips expanded, everything just expanded but and then now after you know then we had our son amos and so i've had two c-sections and then we lost two babies in the second trimester in 2018 and mm. like i've been through four pregnancies to, you know and two of them i took only halfway but still like i your my body has been through some stuff and absolutely like, so i think about like I work out, all, you know, I work out anywhere between 3 and 5 days a week. I eat as healthy as I can, but I also, you know, don't get me wrong, I love me some Chick-fil-A and some cheese fries. Like, I, right. you know, I'm just saying, like it's called balance, guys. Um, but I really do, you know, I I do the best I can to steward my body well, and mm-hmm. I know now like I am not going to be a size 8 or a size 10 anymore. Like it's just not structurally possible based on my mm-hmm. my bone Bone shape anymore, but I can be healthy and I can be strong. And so, like, now as a size 14, after four pregnancies, like in my mid 30s, I have more confidence in my body than I ever did when I was 130 pounds in a size eight. Like, yeah, ever. So, you know, I think it's all about perspective, and it's also the messaging that we tell. Our kids, you know, mm-hmm. what, what are the, what is, what's the messaging? Like, what do our daughters see? Like, I want my daughter to see that mommy is strong, that mommy goes to the gym and she exercises and she takes care of her body. Um, I don't want her to see mommy standing in front of a mirror going, Ugh, why don't these jeans fit? Or, "Ugh, I right. wish I lost 10 pounds. Like I don't ever right. want her to see that because yeah. that's just sending the wrong message.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, I, I, I definitely tried to, I remember after my daughter was born, um, and I, I had, um, two, uh, pregnancies that didn't turn out. And so my body, you know, changed and I gained all this weight and I couldn't, you know, get rid of it. And, um, I remember going on Weight Watchers and counting the points and turning down seconds and like, saying no thank you to the glass of wine and just feeling like I was missing out on life because I was consumed with this idea of losing weight. Every morning I would wake up and as soon as my feet hit the floor, I would think about, I wonder how many pounds I've lost. And I would run in the bathroom and get on the scale. What kind of way is that to live? To fit into a pair of pants? Like this is ridiculous. And I remember like finding the body positive movement and the fat acceptance movement. And I started following all these beautiful women on Instagram who they were liberated. That's what it is. It's liberation to not be consumed with the size of your body, to just let it go. Who cares? Who yep. cares? Yeah. And it was just a moment of like, I'm free. I'm finally free. And yes, is it is it a work in progress? Yes. Are there days where, oh God, I just wish I was smaller They are very rare, but they still do happen. And it's usually like, you know, this like mean girl thing where, oh, I just want to sit at the cool girl's table, you know, and, but it's very fleeting now and it doesn't happen very often. And I am so happy and confident in my body more so than I ever was, you know, as a size 12, you know, um, but it really is liberation. And I just want women to realize that like, there's freedom if you just let go of the obsession.
0: Yes, you know. I saw somebody I was trying to find it, but I, I don't know where it is. Um, but I saw somebody the other day that posted something that was basically something to the effect of and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but it was the ideal body weight is the weight at which you can exercise, eat healthy. But also eat the ice cream and not feel guilty. Go to the Christmas party yes. and not count every calorie you're eating mm-hmm. at the Christmas party. You, it's yep. when you can enjoy the glass of wine with your friends and not worry about how many carbs it has. You know, yep. like, it's it's that balance between, yes, we need to be good stewards of our body. And yes, we need to exercise. And yes, we need to, you know, eat fruits and vegetables. But like, at the same time, like you, like you said, you... It, what are we gaining or what are we mm-hmm. losing by spending every waking hour of the day consumed with what we're consuming? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Clearly I could talk about this all day. <laughs> uh, I, know, me
1: too. So, I just want to like shake women and be like, just yes. let it go. Let it go. Be. Let it go. You'll, be, you'll find all of this way to spend mental energy that you didn't realize was mm-hmm. being zapped up by this obsession. Yeah. Like I got, all I got of a sudden rid of your scale. brain is like firing at a million miles an hour. And also because you're nourished. Like if you don't, if you aren't eating enough, you can't think. Yeah. You know, you can't be productive. You can't be creative. Like you have to eat. <laughs> yeah. And it's not worth fitting into somebody else's ridiculous beauty standard that is not meant for you. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's it's so possible to just let it go and yeah. be liberated. It just does take some work. Yeah. Um,
0: and I will give it say, try. I want to, I want to, you know, I, you know, just as I'm sitting here, cause this is obviously a topic that, um, it is a complex topic. It is a difficult topic. Um, and I want to acknowledge because I have friends that have struggled. Like I want to acknowledge those who are listening who maybe have struggled with an eating disorder at some point, mm-hmm. um, that it, I never want anyone who has ever struggled with that for me to think that, um, Or for them to think that I am flippant about those issues because they are real and they are. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And you know what I mean? And so I, um, if you're listening, like there are so many amazing resources and support Mm -hmm. groups and organizations (laughs) that will help you no matter what type of eating disorder you have or have struggled with, Um, but you can get help and it's okay. And I think that we are, uh, you know, we're in a culture that I think is better set up for support and understanding, mm-hmm. but we are not, we're not perfect. We're not there yet. Um, yeah. but it is okay. Like if you just reach out to somebody and say, you know what, this is something I've really struggled with and I need some help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people of, all sizes who have struggled yeah, with it eating it. Absolutely. Um, so I just, I, I just kind of felt I was like, you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that we need to, mm-hmm. we need to talk about that for a second because it's, it's an important thing. It's a really absolutely. Important thing. Um. So Mary Alice, I, uh, this is just, this has been such a fun conversation. We still have a couple more things that I want to talk about, um, but here at the end, uh, before we dive into the get to know you round, uh, what is on the horizon <laughs> for Alice Alexander in 2019?
1: Yeah, so we are obviously getting ready for our spring collection, which I'm really, really, really excited about spring and summer. So we tend to group our collections by cool weather, warm weather. Um, and so I have my fingers crossed uh, we might be doing swimwear um, only because being, you know, a size 16, 18, having a full G-cup Um, spending every uh, waking weekend at the beach and having a uh, almost five-year-old that I'm running after. Like, I need a cute swimsuit that's ethically made that my boobs aren't going to fall out of. Mm -hmm. Um, And that feels like a unicorn. So uh, that's definitely something that we're thinking about and considering. Um, We also are looking to expand. So the goal is really to build a full-scale factory here. So right now, I have three employees. We work in a shared, uh, it's a retail and production studio. So retail in the front production in the back. But the goal is to move into a full scale um, sewing factory where we do everything we employ, uh, low income Philadelphians, we do job training, all that good stuff. So that's just a matter of, you know, getting some funding together and uh, taking it from there. But we hope that um, 2019 is going to be a really big year
0: awesome i can't yeah. wait um all right well mary alice this is the portion of the show where we transition just to get to know you a little bit and ask some fun get to know you questions and okay as my listeners know this is also the time of the show when my husband inserts a sound effect of his choosing to transition us to the get to know you round
1: maybe you should take a look at a few bras you know about the uh, cup sizes and all they have different cups. Yeah, I, I know about the cups.
0: <laughs> you got the A, the <laughs> the C, the D.
1: That's the biggest. <laughs> I know the D is the biggest. I based my whole life on knowing that the D is the biggest.
0: So the first question is who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, God.
1: Um, huh. That's a good one. Um, as far as like looks go, I always get, um, compared to Catherine Zeta Jones, I have like dark hair and dark eyebrows, um, and fair skin. And, um, but as far as personality, but I'm a very like big boisterous person. Um, oh my goodness. Um, maybe like Brooke Shields or like, um, I don't know, somebody with like personality and that's a really good question. I like it. I've never thought about that. I like it. I know it's a Um, fun question to think about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, a reporter the other day told me I reminded her of Brooke Shields and I'm like, it's my eyebrows, isn't it? I've been growing them. Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. That's amazing.
0: Uh, yeah. The second question is what is
1: the first concert you ever attended? Oh my God, this is so embarrassing! 98 degrees. <laughs> It was the concert where I am convinced that – who was Jessica Simpson married to for 98 Degrees? Nick 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 Lachey, Lachey, yeah. So it was a a concert uh, in Camden right across the water from Philadelphia, and it was like a holiday show, and it was 98 Degrees performing with Jessica Simpson before she was a big deal. Like at this time – 98 degrees was the big deal. And Jessica Simpson was like very new. And I know in my gut that that's when they started. That's when they met. I'm like convinced I like made up this whole romantic fantasy that they like met backstage at the concert I was at. But yeah, it was 98 degrees. (laughs) That's hysterical. I love it. Um, If you could invite
0: three people dead or alive to a dinner party, who would they be and why?
1: <sighs> Three people dead or alive that I would invite to a dinner party and why? Um so I'm like a super feminist nerd. Um so probably Audrey Lord who um was a phenomenal um author and really uh, uh she's credited with um bringing to light the intersectional uh feminist movement. So, you know, I think for a while feminist was like looked at from like just the white woman's point of view and she was kind of like no we need to celebrate and recognize each other's differences um so she's and she's just a badass uh, nina simone the uh pianist singer civil rights activist again total badass um just didn't take anybody's crap and i just love that about her um and then who would be the third um dead or alive oh, ruth bader ginsburg i just want to pick her brain and, like, know what goes on behind closed doors and, like, what those arguments really look like. Um, and just, like, how she made it all happen, you know, when all the odds are stacked against her being a, a young woman and advancing in her career and getting to where she is. It's just fascinating.
0: I love that. That's a great answer. Um, super. <laughs> that would be a really interesting Disney uh, dinner Disney party. Wouldn't it be so fun? I was like, Disney party. Those people are Disney. Uh, yes, that would be really fun. All right. And then my last question that I'd love to ask all of my guests is, for what today are you most grateful?
1: Oh, uh, this is cheesy. So I'm like, I didn't mention him, but my husband, so he is a public school teacher, and we've been married six years, and he... Um, you know, a lot of times when people learn about my business, they're like, oh, the sec-, and I'm not exaggerating. The second question they ask me is, what does your husband do? Because they think that he must be loaded in order for us to be a self-funded mm. um, company. And we are not loaded. We are not Rockefellers. He's a public school teacher, but he also works two part-time jobs mm. And because he believes so deeply in this business and in me. So I am, uh, I'm getting all emotional, Aww. but I am definitely most grateful for our relationship and I our like partnership. That. that is awesome.
0: Yeah, that is so. He's husbands, a good one.
1: <laughs> good husbands
0: are are they're when you when you find a good one, it's keep it's keeper. Yeah, uh, mine. He's my my husband is my executive producer of my show. Nice. So I always like to. Hey, babe, when you're listening to this,
1: when you're editing it, I
0: love you. You're the best. <laughs> um, yes. Awesome. Mary Alice, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show and for being my guest today and for telling us all about Alice Alexander. And for the listeners, as always, I will have Mary Alice's information as well as Alice Alexander's information in the show notes. So you can check them out and support them. Um, and their clothing is beautiful. And I have Thank my you. eye on that jumpsuit. And I'm just saying, because like <laughs> it's going to redeem my terrible jumpsuit experience yes, from it is. the fall when I tried on this <laughs> jumpsuit that I really loved and it did not go over my hips and so I'm just oh, saying
1: we got you don't worry
0: I loved my chat with Mary Alice and one of the things that she said that just really resonated with me about how fashion can be a form of activism I just had all of the praise hands all of the yeses I could not agree more. This was one of my favorite episodes that I have done in a long time. And I hope you check out Mary Alice's work, support Alice Alexander, and tell everyone about them because I am so in love with what they are doing. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first-time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you are a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in weekend in a week out and thank you for your support be sure to head on over to itunes spotify google play radio public or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you are subscribed to the show Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag BusinessWithPurposePodcast or tag me at StillBeingMolly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with Purpose on Purpose.